Hello and welcome to Retailies podcast. I am Kylie Ross Seibert and I'm joined today by Joey Morgan and our special guest is Adam Connolly from Capstan Bar Brewing Company. Welcome Adam to the show. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Well, thank you for coming on. Now um, Capstan is based in Hampton. Is that right? Yes. That is correct. Um, maybe you could just um, explain to us you know, a little bit about who you are and, and what uh, Capstan Bar Brewing Company is all about. Okay. Uh, well, we are, as, as mentioned, we are Capstan Bar Brewing Company. We're located at 2036 uh, Exploration Way in Hampton, uh, 23666. We're uh, about five minutes away from Langley's West Gate. Um, so right off of like cross streets or like Commander Shepherd and North Campus, um, literally a stone's throw to the Lumen Apartments that they're just building right um, right there. Uh, but we, you know, we as a business, Capstan Bar Brewing Company is my mother, brother, and I. Um, it is an entirely family-owned and operated business. Um, my my brother's been is our is our brewmaster, um, and uh, he's been brewing since I, I was fourteen, and he was sixteen when our folks first got him his first homebrew kit. Drinking um, it at the time too. That, that was certainly the case. I mean, I, I guess, you know, like the, the folks knew that it was a passion on his part and it's, it's they understood that there's really not too much, uh, I guess, trouble one could get into with the potential like four to five gallons of uh, homebrewed beer. Um, but with that said, I mean, you know, in, in a way, I mean, we can get further into that down the road, but I mean, ha ha like teaching homebrewing is almost like the perfect life skill lesson because especially as a young person, because you have attention to detail, following a recipe, patience, because all of your efforts and work that day, you can't like drink that beer for a week or two or more, depending upon your style then you also have to be like fastidious with your cleaning and your sanitization. I mean, to have an actual drinkable product at the end of your, uh, your efforts is an incredible feat. And I mean, for a 16 year old, you know, like there's, there's actually, you know, there is, there is an argument to say that it might actually, uh, you know, serve every person a good, well purpose to actually, you know, learn some of these uh, life lessons um, in, in brewing. Yeah. Um, now, uh, you know, with that said, so he's been you know, brewing for you know, a long time, like he's now in his mid 40s. So, you know, starting at 16, um, then then going into, you know, current, like as of now, he's right down there right now, like brewing away and I can smell malts and hops, uh, you know, swirling through my nose here, which is which is really fun. Um, but the, I, I guess days before his uh, 21st birthday, or actually right after, days after, um, he left for Chicago to get a, uh, a professional brewer's certificate from the Siebel Institute of Brewing Technology in Chicago. And that's kind of where he professionally cut his teeth um, in the brewing field. Um, and it was a uh, professional brewer's certificate. Uh, he was also able to intern at Goose Island Brewing Company. Um, in Chicago. Uh, it was at that time an independently owned um, brewery based in Chicago. Uh, and they did really good work. And he was able to kind of get that professional um, brewer's feel where it, it definitely differs from home brewing. You know, like there's a lot of a lot. I mean, there's a lot of similarities, but there's a lot of differences for sure when when brewing at scale. 
Uh, and then after that, when he graduated that, he then um, not only, you know, furthered his expertise, but now had the certificate to back it. He then was able to help uh, open um, some brew pub uh, and other craft microbrewery up in Northern Virginia area. So like right near Arlington, Virginia. And uh, I believe the first one was Alexandria. Then during the process of opening the secondary, which was their kind of their production brewery, brewery uh, more or less just a warehouse with brewing equipment in it um, and actually attached to a building with a great concert hall. So it was actually a, an incredible kind of experience. Um, but during that process, they ordered a, a very, um, a true German brewing system. And with that purchase, the company in Germany sent along a diploma wielding Braumeister to come and pretty much show the ropes of the brewing system, but as well as kind of just give the, the heads up of, of how to make sure all the parts and pieces fit together perfectly. It was during that time when like they were epoxy in the floors and like this fellow was not feeling too good because of the fumes and everything. When uh, my brother's boss was like, hey, you take the Braumeister to the original brew pub and just brew on the small system while we're finishing the floors, which took a couple weeks or so. So during that, that, that time frame, Jonathan was able to just soak up knowledge from a, a diploma wielding Braumeister and, um, you know, never, never looked back as far as that. I mean, he, so then after that, then he then, uh, right around 1998 is, you know, the dates are kind of leading together, but right about 98, he then, uh, picked up a job as an assistant brewer in Fresno, California for Bulldog Brewing Company, who is no longer in, in a business, but their sister company, Steelhead, it still is. Um, and within about a, I would say less than a month, he was then promoted to head brewer because he was far outpacing their, their head brewer that they chose at the time. So he rose quickly to that. And that was like 98 uh, and then as early as year 2000, he then was able to start uh, not only developing his own recipes, but as well as following the corporates, like, uh, um, I guess, their brewmaster's recipes and such. But it was a recipe that he created from the ground up that actually took him gold medal in the year 2000 at the Great American Beer Festival. And that was his own baby. Um, it was actually, he titled it, I believe, the Aztec Amber which was a, uh, about a 6.8% American amber that he brewed with uh, puffed amaranth, which is a Central American staple grain. And he was really interested at that time in trying to you know, push the envelope of brewing. Because I mean, if, if you can think back into the year 2000 and the late 90s, it's like you, you had a very few options regarding beer as far as like kind of pinkies out high quality um, other than the usual suspects like Sam Adams or uh, Goose Island in particular, or or some other fun ones that unfortunately have since you know gone away. Um, however, so that was kind of his progress, and then eventually, recently after getting that medal, then he then actually left the brewing field and then went to college for a degree in archaeology. And that's kind of where he, you know, he was in the brewery field, got out of the brewery field, obtained his undergrad, and then later master's in archaeology, which then brought him to the most recent uh, assignment before we opened the brewery. He was the lead archaeologist for Yorktown Battlefield and Jamestown Plantation.
for over a decade. Um, and then we kind of made the choice to like to open the family business and really kind of, you know, dig deep into what his passion is and what, you know, really he was, you know, put on this fine earth to do because his, his, his products are fantastic. His skills are amazing. And, um, you know, it, it's definitely in batch after batch and quality of a seven barrel system where some of the products that we have today, which we might have opened our doors with almost three years ago, taste exactly like the day we, we opened our doors. And that's really hard to do in a seven barrel system in a small, you know, microbrewery. Um, yeah. so that's my brother in a nutshell Then my mom's the owner officially with my brother and I as, as, um, you know, interested stake partners. Um, and, you know, we all kind of divvied up the ownership responsibilities. Uh, my ma is, um, officially North Carolina, so she's not in the state. So it really comes down to the ownership and the management is, is my brother and I, and, um, and then for my part, you know, I've, I've, I've had, I've worn many hats, but like, you know, now I'm general manager um, and part owner of, of our fine little humble spot here. And, um, but my, my, I've had like everything from teaching environmental science, um, x-ray management. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, a lot going on, but um, you know, I was kind of called to this position as to you know from by the family and was like you know we uh we need you to pull everything all together so you know jonathan is the the maestro behind the curtain like the wizard making making the products and like i was kind of tasked in the front of the house to assemble a not only a really warm and inviting atmosphere which we really do have um in the tap room below and um but as well as assemble a good staff and just make sure everything happens you know if it if it's fermentable flowable fluid jonathan's on it he'll handle it and and all is good and then on my like our front of the house side we just make sure to you know do our best to help promote and um distribute as well as sell his products with good events and again a staff that like you know kind of knows almost everybody's name that comes through and tries to treat everybody like family how are you promoting the events or how are you promoting uh, Capstan right now? Uh, right now, we, uh, you know, we've done a lot of, uh, I guess, research regarding like our, our new customer base. So like, you know, everybody that comes in where the staff is like, oh, hey, you're new. Like, how did you hear about us? So a resounding over 98% of these people are like word of mouth. So we've had to kind of just like figure out like, how can we best focus on like a word of mouth experience because that seems to be the majority of the people that are coming in. Um, so with that said, like we, what we tried to do is like with staff meetings and, and we've definitely, you know, succeeded um, or, you know, continue to succeed is, is that like the moment that someone walks through the door, especially if it's their first time or their 50th time, they are literally treated like family. I mean, it, it is, it is like beyond the fact to, to give them that experience and then, you know, like, cause we are off the beaten path. We are not on a foot trafficable road. We are not like, if you are in kind of our neck of the woods, you're here for most likely us. And so a lot of times people are like, you know, like, where am I? What am I doing? Is there a brewery here? They find the door, then they walk through the door and they're like, oh, wow. You know, this, this is like a, a massive change from the outside stepping into like a, 
you know, Edison LED lit wonderland. And the vibe is smooth. We got some tunes playing on the overhead sound system. And then they step up, you know, to the ordering station and then try the beer. And they're just like, dude, this is, this is amazing. Like, where have you been at all my life? <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I mean it, it's cliche ish, but it's, it's so true. I mean, like I, it would be kind of wild to, to ask a lot of the people and just be like, dude, that's exactly what happened in my mind when I, when I walked through the door. Um, so with, again, circling back to marketing, um, you know, we've tried social media, we've done Instagram, um, not as much Twitter, you know, where I, I kind of like, I've missed that boat as far as personally, just, I'm not like a, a Twitterer. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, like we've tried to, so we have some connections with some of the, uh, like the local TV stations and we've like had a commercial here and there. We've also done some like radio gift card events where like rock solid deals if you buy a x amount of gift card for x amount of money you get a certain amount of money and then the radio station gives us uh free radio placements um we're not really free but you know it's, yeah. it's comp and it's it's a you know smoke and mirrors compensation event so um so that's that. I mean, we, we've, we've, and then of course, you know, website and, and like yeah. the normal, um, but we, uh, or as well as, you know, podcasts. So not only, um, you know, the most recent podcast, Jonathan was available. So he and I were able to, you know, discuss on that, but that was more in depth of the process and individuals who were really into beer. Yeah. So it really allowed uh, Jonathan to, to flourish. And like, I mean, they, they kind of like seized upon like Firkins, which is like a small, a smaller kind of a cast conditioned implement to uh, kind of introduce certain flavors and styles that can be more experimental on a smaller scale. And as well as other topics, but they were just like seizing on that. And then of course my brother, I mean, he's a massive wealth of knowledge and was able to just to run with it. And I'm just like kind of warning him and be like, you know, you're about to open up like wormhole of Firkin here and we're about to go down it. So prepare for like four, four hours of Firkin, you know? <laughs> and, and, and even to that, I mean, it wasn't four hours, but there was so much information in it that, um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was a fun, fun chat. So so that's that's kind of uh, yeah that's kind of the marketing like strategy like we've had we try to do a lot of in house we um, we ask uh, like our staff if they're if they're having a beer um, or at home if they take home cans or something of that nature just take pictures just try try to increase engagement um, we've also had like the most recent like three sixty view uh, Google Street View. Uh, thing occur where a fella came in he was really awesome and uh took 360 views of our establishment and also coming up because once again since we're off the beaten path to actually have that visual of like okay semi dead end street construction going on go this way make a right and then you know that whole entire 360 process and um then i discussed with him and and you know we've uh the benefit of google and just like overall the power of the search engine and such and such. So we've also tried to um, put some focus on that as well. And you also, um, you were mentioning uh, in-house events and things. So mm -hmm. being able to continue with live music. 
Correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So um, with with the, you know, for every single um, governor's or Governor Northam's executive order, we, you know, we cling to it, you know, every, every press conference, every release, like we, we read every single word to ensure that, you know, we're following everything to the letter of the, the mandates and, and the executive orders. And as of right now, you're allowed to have live music still, as long as they are appropriately spaced from the patrons and other individuals. So um, we have had to adjust our in-house seating, which extremely reduces our overall capacity because the tables themselves need to be at least six feet distance from each other. There's no more bar seating. So all of the, the high top ledge bar, you know, bar stool is, is no more as of now. And um, so we've, we've tried to, to do that. I believe if I, if I recall off the top of my head, as long as the performers are 10 feet distance from the patrons, that is the appropriate. So like what we've done is we've marked off the floor and been like, okay, not, not only was this like the certain like footprint that the city of Hampton approved for our live performances, but that also kind of serves as the boundary to ensure that there's proper distancing. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, so like we do live music, like tonight we'll actually do adult bingo where um, it is definitely geared for adults. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, there's no cash prizes. It's all like just fun, fun prizes. You might be able to like win a discount card off your bill to like, you know, tonight. Um, other fun stuff, like we have like our, 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 uh, you know, our good colleagues that, that either roll the balls or whatnot, who kind of just have come across fun prizes along like their, their daily routine and bring it in here, or we put in stickers or koozies or whatever. Um, so that's Tuesdays, Wednesdays, we have a, uh, we started it with a weekly open mic, but because of the COVID restrictions, open mics are no longer even allowed, even if we were swapping out mics in between any performers. Um, it was just the I guess the health department considers open mics akin to karaoke, even though you're like the performers haven't touched the same microphone. A lot of the performers would even bring their own microphones, but we were um, told that that was still just, unfortunately, that is what they consider. So we're like, cool with it. So our host, who is a, uh, a good musician, local musician, Jack Green, and his roommate, Jim, they uh, now they just perform songs like their own catalog with few covers but a lot of it's like their own originals um every wednesday hmm. um thursdays we have uh our trivia night so our our trivia um we do request reservations of tables so again we can appropriate space teams at at safe distances um but that's uh we have partnered with um some good people to put together some really in you know in inquiring I guess you know or, or enthusiastic questions of multiple like categories and um, we have a good base of returning teams that come every Thursday and um, you know also because of the reduced capacity I mean we still it's there there are all the tables are taken but we're still you know we're we're, we're kind of crunched into trying to do the best we can um, yeah. with that. Uh, then Fridays, music bingo, that's always a good time. We usually have like oh, also food trucks or Thursdays, Fridays, most Saturdays uh, as well. Um, you, but, like, yeah. you, you just have beer. That, that's right. Isn't it? We do. Yeah, we do not have a kitchen on site. We are we are literally a craft microbrewery and a tap room. And in 
I forgot exactly the year, um, but Virginia changed the rules where before that, I believe 2006 has come into mind, but before that you actually had to have a kitchen and kind of like the liquor laws where you had to have a certain percentage of sales that offset the beer and stuff like that. But because we are, we only sell a hundred percent of what we produce on site. That is the critical aspect where if we decided to have like wine, or a cider or something else, we would be, we would have to be a, or have a kitchen okay. um, in the, in the Virginia ABC's rules, which in theory in Virginia, there actually are no bars. There are just restaurants that serve liquor. Mm -hmm. So um, that's just kind of the nitty gritty of the rules there. Yeah. Um, but yeah. You get a variety of food trucks. So, you know, people get <laughs> we do. I mean, food. And that is a, yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, there is definitely some, some food truck partners that we've really, um, you know, been, been really humble to have their support and uh, really not only just like, like our customers, our vibe, but just the, the overall environment, um, I mean, has really been um, a good, a good thing. And, uh, but yeah, but variety definitely is the spice of life for sure for, for food trucks and such. Yeah. Uh, on other days where we don't have food trucks, we also have a good relationship with our local Marco's Pizza. They, they uh, allow us to, they brought us like a, war a pizza warmer and we're able to do pizza by the slice because they prepare it in their, their own commercial kitchen and all of that. And, and then they deliver it. And uh, that also seems to work at times like Sundays. Um, you know, Sundays are, are, are more lazy and chill, but overall a good day, but where it just, at, you know, for the, especially during COVID times, like we just don't really want to, we probably could justify a food truck, but we just, you know, last thing we want to do is burn a bridge with a good friend and, mm -hmm. and try to uh, just, we'll, we'll make it work. I would rather have no food truck than have a food truck that doesn't do what they would like to then, you know, only be deterred to come again yeah so so i've got a question for you so how sure. is it like working with a sibling um, uh you know i mean there there are ups and downs there's how there's, long have you been working with your brother uh well we it's, we officially opened our doors february 15th 2018 okay so certainly ever since then however i believe I had, I moved to Virginia from Washington state, I believe June or July of 2017. So, um, you know, other than working remotely together to kind of ensure things kind of like fire off and have everything we need, especially when I finally arrived into the state, um, that was since that point in time. So like we had just, uh, you know, we, we, I mean, for as far as this business, yes, that that's it's been that time frame. Um, but you know, Jonathan is is a uh, he he he's definitely a wizard and a maestro and a, and a master at what he does. And it's like you know, it's you know, he's definitely focused when he has his like you know laser focus on the the tasks at hand. So you know, sometimes you have to be like, all right, let's 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 uh, like take a you know a bird's eye view to some things to see if like what's working what's not and um yeah. but overall a good thing um whereas other companies you know have to have a board of directors or something and if you want to implement a certain like minuscule change you might have or have to like you know 
run this up a flagpole or, you know, figure out how, how to make a simple change. And like where I could just go out here right now, yell down and be like, Jonathan, what do you think of this? Or, you know, or, or by now, like, you know, call my ma and uh, just be like, yes, no, maybe so let's do this. And, you know, things can be decided in a heartbeat as opposed to, um, you know, a long and tedious process. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So how many beers do you generally have? Uh, well, uh, usually the average, I would say 10. Um, and we, uh, like, I believe currently today, there's 11 on tap today. Uh, but we have a, a seven barrel system. We have three single batch fermenters, two double batch fermenters. And so that means that at any time, we could only really have five beers in the, in the oven, if you would. Okay. So that would, um, okay. that was kind of the initial thought process when Jonathan was doing the initial research for the, for the facility before I even got here, he was just like, well, let's maybe focus on like five or so beers yeah. and just try to make those, you know, rock solid pinkies out in their style. And then we can, you know, just like focus on, on those. We, then we did learn quickly in, um, you know, in early on that, you know, customers do like a, an extreme amount of variety. And even though the individuals that are like extreme, you know, I'm talking about like beer snobs, um, they might, we gave them a good array, like an IPA, a porter, a red, um, a cream ale, which is kind of light and golden. And then the fifth one, when we first, oh, a brown ale. Um, so that was, that was the initial array. And a lot of those, we, up until this year, well, actually late, I guess now, you know, 2020, um, kind of adjusted some of those main beers, which had been on tap since doors open, to allow a little bit more of experimentation to come mm -hmm. through. Like our brown ale, which he actually based off of an 18th century Virginia recipe, was top notch. I mean, it was, it was rock solid and it will be back again. However, he just then developed a oatmeal raisin brown ale recipe to kind of be like the seasonal offering. And he, he did this from the ground up. Like there was no one else out there that was doing it like this. And like other people, you know, like throw cookies in or something like that to kind of like make it mm -hmm. oatmeal cookie where he just went with initial, there's no cookie in it, um, you know, just malts, and then he would dose it with like, you know, certain spices at certain intervals. And like right now, I'm pretty sure it's a 7.7%. Like once you receive it in a glass, you're like, oh my man, like this smells amazing. And every sip, you get every little bit of what is almost like an oatmeal cookie in a glass. Um, also like initially, I, I guess being on the smaller of the end of the totem pole, really, um, we find ourselves like having to obtain and utilize hops um, differently than other larger breweries because a lot of times like uh, larger establishments have a hop contract. They are required to use this much hops throughout a year and they get these certain varieties and they have to use them. And if they don't, then they're penalized of some sort. It, it's kind of a wild thing. Yeah. Um, but since we don't have a hop contract, we have to kind of, we're at the mercy of whatever hops are available at that particular time in the market. Gotcha. So just like 
I mean, again, the reason being a maestro wizard, I mean, is you have to kind of account for the agricultural differences between, you know, like one bag of two row pale malt is different than another company's same exact like product that says exactly the same. So it's like how to account for certain differences of the agricultural differences because, you know, barley grown here differs from barley grown in this field, even though it's the same critter, if that makes sense. Like, you know, soils have different trace elements and things that cause a different um, certain nuances and the same as with hops. So like where you could get a batch of, let's say, magnum hops that have a different alpha acid percentage than others and how to make the end game product similar in quality assurance to what was expected and appreciated by the patrons. And, um, and that's kind of where we've had to like for IPAs, for, for instance, like we've had several that have just been like fantastic, but then all of a sudden everybody starts to come in and want these hazy New England IPAs, which use a lot of like citra or mosaic hops. And because of those different changes within that establishment or, or really the the drinking populace, um, those hops then became more scarce until then the hop farmers amped up their production. And then, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like an ebb and flow of supply. So that has also dictated a lot of what, like, not only what different beers we have at times, but also pricing. Like sometimes to get the same exact mosaic or citra hops, they've now like where before we could buy like a pound or, you know, actually it was a lot more than a pound, but let's say a pound and then for let's say 20 bucks again not just pulling numbers out of thin air but now it's like 35 dollars because of just again supply yeah, and demand yeah. scarcity yeah. so this is super interesting stuff i'm loving all of it but we are running out of time unfortunately okay it always, happen. it always happens when it starts getting good <laughs> for sure for sure yeah. i mean there's there's always a lot to talk about it like oh, you yeah. like there's so much like you know, to come into our establishment, you walk through the door, like I said, like you see the vibe or, or feel the vibe, see the environment. And, and you know, it's, it's like, there's that, but there's so much bubbling under the surface, literally and figuratively that like, it is so much, so much. I mean, it, it's, it's such an endeavor to have everybody firing on all cylinders to come together like a well-oiled machine. And it's, it's like, we have a staff of under 10 and we're able to, you know, knock on wood, pull, pull, it, pull it off like fairly well, um, you know, with really our, our central figure is my brother and his skills and, and the beer. I mean, if the beer was not um, as top shelf as it is, I mean, it would be a, it would be a more of an uphill climb. Yeah. But thankfully he is very good at what he does. And um, my staff is very good at what they do and yeah. they are able to promote the appreciation of the business, the family, and the products. Well, I know I'm going to be trying to get out there soon to get a taste of it. Mm -hmm. That would be good. great. Yeah, we'd we'd love to have you in for sure. Joey's definitely a beer fan, I think. Right on. Right on. We'll definitely bring masks. You know, we yeah, are we'll we're masks, we're mask compliant. Um, I mean, my staff will suggest and make sure at the first few times but then are very on it and like we'll, we'll get to the point of like you know yelling if needed to, to ensure <laughs> because you know that not only safety of our patrons but my staff as well very is, good um, how, how to get through this and we will get through this very so, good so yeah but please yeah we would love to have you out and uh definitely check us out oh yeah well thank you so much for being on the show kylie anything 
No, no, it's great to talk to you again, Adam. Definitely. Yep. Thank you, Adam. Have a great day. Okay. Awesome. All right. All right. Thank you all very much. Okay.